all this religious thing's got to change. People have to understand that God doesn't exist within one person. It exists within all of us. Exactly. And that goes into the, the ages and the yuga cycles and how we're shifting from the Kali Yuga to the Dwarpa Yuga. You know, the Kali Yuga was the age of authority and hierarchy. And within that age is also the age of delusion. So within the age of delusion, a few avatars came down that weren't delusional and they had the truth. But humanity is so delusional, we interpreted their information delusionally. <laughs> you know, case in point, look at every religion, every one of those prophets, beautiful, legit, read about Jesus, right? And all this stuff. And then look at what happened afterwards, right? But now we're in the Dwarpa Yuga, the Bronze Age, and that is a symbolization of sovereignty going from the truth is outside of us because I'm not at the frequency to know it to I am now at the frequency to know it. the truth is inside of me, but everything in me tries to feel that it's outside of me because that's where I've been for thousands of years. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So we need to get used to this new reality and um, step into our own tuition, listen to ourselves. But we've just been marketed that everything is outside of us so much, but that system is crumbling. And a part of that crumbling is also the disclosure of the fact that we're not alone in the universe. There's going to be a lot of things that are going to change. And to well, so many people. You got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just fad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? G'day, g'day, welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. Always a blessing to be with you all today. Look who's in the house with me today, Neil Gore from Portal to Ascension. Multitasking as usual. I can see you're reading something. Hey, Neil, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Karen. Good to be here with you. So we're going to talk about important stuff today. There's been a lot going on. Uh, Neil reached out, oh, I don't know, a few months ago and said, you know, can we have this conversation on your show about what's going on with disclosure and UAPs and all that sort of stuff? And I said, absolutely an amazing conversation. For those people that don't know Neil, let me just tell you just a little bit. Neil and I've had a couple of conversations. Uh, I think we've had a couple, one or two. And so yeah, we've, we've explored your story, your awakening story, which I thought was very cool. So if you want to go and listen to Neil's story, just go and check it out on ATP Media. Neil Gore is the founder of Portal to Ascension, a conscious event production company hosting a wide range of presenters on a variety of topics, such as origins of humanity, the existence of extraterrestrial life, exposing hidden truths and exploring spirituality and the nature of reality. He's created over 3,000 fully produced events, webinars, retreats, and worked with over 2,000 researchers and spiritualists and scientists and conscious explorers, teachers and experiencers. You've been in the UK and just put on a conference in Glastonbury. We were just chatting before about you know, how people are waking up to the galactic, the extraterrestrial, the star nation, star family conversation, which is really the topic of today's conversation. And you were saying that in Glastonbury, they're having their festivals, but they didn't really include that conversation. Do you want to just share with us what you've experienced yeah. over in the UK? Right. So uh, almost a year ago now, just 
13 months ago. So I was here in UK traveling around and I went to Glastonbury. I put out a telegram um, thing on Portal Ascension Telegram saying, hey, I'm in Glastonbury. Anybody around want to meet up? So one of the people on there said, yes, we met up in Glastonbury and we had a conversation. She was like, Portal Ascension needs to do an event here. And I was like, why would I? I at that point, I was only thinking events in areas where there's huge populations because it's easier to get people out when there's more people right glastonbury it doesn't have a huge population but it is a destination town and she said that there's this missing link going on over here in england that a lot of people you know i don't want to do a blanket statement um over everybody but i'll just say what i experienced she was saying that a lot of people they're the reiki healers they're doing energy work they're doing um information they're doing starseed readings akashic records reading but there isn't this cohesive element of a mission that brings it all together we're just doing it this is our job our profession we go home we go to sleep right and portal to ascension um for a lack of a better way of explaining it has an end goal even though there is no real end to this and the end goal is us creating all this awareness to move to a world where this is the norm, right? Normality. And um, so she was like, what's really missing is this um, conversation that brings all these worlds together and ultimately is leading towards an ascended reality. And there's all these events, Glastonbury, like, oh my God, so many things going on there. And even from looking at them, I realized how unique our event was. So you know, we went ahead and did it. And out of all the events I've ever done, it was the least amount of effort to promote. It was just like people were just pouring in. And it was so amazing because a lot of the people there, over I would say over half of them had never been to a conference before. Um, a lot of locals don't go to local events because they're inundated with it. We had all these locals that were just, oh my God, Portals Ascension is coming to town, you know? And then we had all these people from random cities that have only attended our events for three, four, six years online and couldn't come to an event. And finally, we're oh my, like, so excited that we got an opportunity to be closer to them so they could come out. So it was nice to have those people that we've been connected with online for so long um, show up there. And I feel that we rallied the community together in Glastonbury and people said that they could feel the vibration throughout the town. Conversations were happening in all types of cafes, at the Chalice Wells, the White Springs. It was just this um, beautiful cohesion that happened with this event. So we're going to do it again next year. We already scheduled it. So did people come over from Europe? Did, did many people, did anyone come over from Europe? Yeah, they did? Yeah, yeah. So there was, um, I was, it was surprising. It was quite a good amount of people, maybe not half the audience, but I would say like um, many, many people came from Europe, um, Bulgaria, uh, France, uh, Germany. We had a whole family and the daughter who was a 12-year-old um, girl came from Germany and somebody brought her up to me and said she's your biggest fan. So I guess she's been listening to us for years, which is pretty <laughs> cool. Yeah. and um, But so many people in Europe said that they'd been following us for around like anywhere from three to six years online yeah. and they don't have any of these events in their area and when they found out we're going to be somewhere where they could fly into they're really excited because you know in my statistics on youtube the biggest demographic of listeners is the us and the next biggest demographic mm -hmm. is france france interesting 
Yeah, I get a lot of Europeans listening to my podcast and I've got quite a few Europeans in my group, which makes it hard to gather everyone from Canada and the US and Australia and New Zealand and Europe, get them all online at one time. Unfortunately, the Europeans have to stay up late. (laughs) But anyway, but yeah, I think Mm -hmm. Europe's Europe's rocking with this conversation. I really do. Oh, yeah, for sure. So actually, Alan, myself and Joan are doing a Europe tour, August to October 2024. Ah, oh, nice. Yeah, we're going to be going around. Yeah, Paris, Berlin, Munich. You know, and um, we want to take this information on the road and connect yeah. with people. Well, what you were saying about the UK sounds similar to Australia. I found, like, I'm sort of all over it. Like, what's going on? I, I, I make a point of being all over it. And there's been right. a lot of people that have put on festivals, like there's like conscious festivals where there's a stack of readers, you know, and you get all these like going for psychic readings. And of course there's been the Mm -hmm. mind body spirit festival, which has been going for like 30 years. And it's basically a crystal shop these days with a few singers and readers. Yeah. But uh, so there's lots of that sort of Reiki healers and healing technologies. There's lots of that happening, but, and then there's the, you know, lights in the sky mob that are sort of getting, um, talking about the UAPs and the UFOs, but yeah, bringing yeah. them together like this is this is consciousness. This is about the expansion of consciousness. It's all one conversation. We've got to bring the family together. But there's one guy up in um, Queensland who's doing that with his conferences. His name just escapes me at the moment. I'll think about it in a minute. But uh, yeah, mm. so I have to bring Paul to ascension down under. Uh, there's there's another friend that's friends of mine that do the cosmic consciousness. Uh, conference they classically do it in Uluru you know out where the rock is okay. and that that uh-huh. is a conference that's bringing all this stuff together as well uh-huh. so okay. yeah uh, but they moved to Lord Howe Island they did their last conference in Lord Howe Island which is an island off the coast of Australia right. which is beautiful it's its own little eco sort of it's beautiful it's absolutely beautiful that's but amazing you know I'm gonna be in that area I'll be in Bali in March, so I might stop by Australia just to scope it out. Yeah, to scope it out. It's a big place, yeah. honey. One, it's a big place. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you can recommend some places for me to go. You know, well, definitely, definitely the Byron Bay area. I mean, Byron Bay is your classic sort of Shasta, you know, Ubud. It's the conscious. Okay, okay town but it is a tourist town but it's that area yeah. it's the hinterlands Mullumbimby my daughter lives up there like I've been going okay. up there for years and years um, I remember years ago when I was in my 30s somebody said why don't you come up here and move into Suffolk Park so Suffolk Park is a is a um, suburb next to Byron Bay next to the town and they called it Suffering Park because that's all where the healers were and none of them were making mm. any money <laughs> Oh, and I said, "No, I'm not moving into Suffering Park anyway." It was funny. That was <laughs> that was 20 years ago. But yeah, yeah, and we were having balls up there like 20 years ago, coming as your higher self and your galactic self and stuff like mm. that. So that's, that's where the, that's where the mob is. But that was concentrated back there 20 years ago. It spread, you know. Now it's spread, and right. and uh, Sydney's full of amazing conscious people. Like it's it's just <laughs> exponential. But we're here to discuss disclosure because that's what's spreading. Yeah. I mean, we've been mm-hmm. talking about it for years, you know, dressing up as our galactic selves in higher self balls and stuff like that. But the mainstream haven't palated this conversation because we've under the hypnotic conditioning that if you talk about ETs or aliens, you're crazy, which was a thought form that was perpetuated by the press, something that yeah. my daughter is under. I've been talking about 
aliens and ETs and she like asks me to stop it, although all her friends are into it and she's the ayahuasca, mm. you know, meditating. It's like she's into the whole conscious living, but when it came to the ET alien thing, she was like, don't talk about it, don't mm. talk about it. So it's interesting, but now... You know, this guy, David Charles Grush, who is the former national, what is he, reconnaissance officer, representative, unidentified anomalous phenomena task force for the Department of Defence. So he's come out and had this thing. What's going on, honey one? Tell us what's going on. Well, technically, he still has that title. He's still working with them, uh, which is the Arrow, um, which was a... uh, an office that was formed during COVID to to analyze all the reports on UAPs, right? And just we'll start from the from that, and then we'll go back. But like during COVID, there was a COVID relief bill where you know everybody got the stimulus checks and everything like that, and um, a huge COVID relief bill. And at the back of it was a couple of pages that started the um, the office of Arrow, which is the study of UAP. So they actually threw in the creation of this UFO, UFO task force in the COVID relief bill. And that was the office that then David Grush got assigned to in order to analyze all the reports that are coming in from different intelligence agencies, from DOD, from um, different military branches. And he was responsible for investigating to see if there was any credibility in that, right? So as he was doing this, um, he was getting a lot of um, regular UFO sightings that were already disclosed. And then there were some people that were coming to him that were part of specific programs. They started telling him, hey, you know, we're part of these programs that have we're not disclosing to you. And there's all this information that you guys aren't receiving that. And, and here's some documentation on it, that there are actually black op, uh, black op programs, also called SAPs, special access programs that you are not being read into that's operating independently of your task force in which we are actually reverse engineering craft from non-human intelligences that we've been doing for decades, for at least 80 years. And from all the news um, interviews with him, <clears throat> it seemed like the earliest one that happened was 1933 when uh, um, in Italy when Mussolini retrieved the crash and then the Vatican was responsible for this connection to the craft as well. And then the U.S. government went in and I don't know how they took the craft, but they took the UFO and began the reverse engineering off that actual craft that they had found, right? So that was another um, bombshell that was released is that he he said on straight up on news, on mainstream news, that the Vatican has known about the existence of extraterrestrials at least since the 30s. And then we can go into the other conspiracy world and say they probably knew since the beginning of even the inception of the Vatican, right? So all this information that has been in the fringe, people have said, and has also been considered um, shared by non-credible people from the mainstream, is now being shared by somebody who is one of the most decorated um, intelligence officers with the most clearances than anybody, and is coming out and saying that we've been lied to. Right. And that's what occurred around two months ago now. And there were when he came out in News Nation and he said, We've been dealing with non-human intelligence craft. We have a bunch of them in our custody. The government is using it. The DOD has access to them and it's been happening for years and years. All of a sudden, the narrative became, Are you telling us that the US government has been lying to us? 
Okay. And this is why it's very interesting because if we look back at what has been happening with disclosure since 2016, and maybe we can get into a timeline for those who aren't aware of what's going on exactly because we just jump right into it. That if we go back into 2016 and we look at the drip disclosure campaign, drip disclosure and full disclosure, drip disclosure started when it seemed like they need to get the control of the of the wheel of disclosure because things were coming out and it was it could be that the government and whoever was responsible for this could be held accountable for lying to us if they didn't disclose it in a way they wanted it disclosed and part of that was the timeline 2016 2017 wikileaks emails dumping all this ufo stuff tom delong coming out with the NSA um, and NASA officials, Chris Mellon, Lou Elizondo, all those people coming out. And then also Hillary Clinton on the Jimmy Kimmel show saying, we don't call them UFOs anymore, we call them UAPs. That was their beginning of their campaign in full throttle. And when they started saying, what are these things? They never said, we have them, we know what they are. They said, there's something in the sky, we don't know what these things are, we need to figure out what they are so that we can figure out what the technology is and use it for ourselves. There's one thing missing there. Who's driving these craft, right? Not one mention. It completely skipped over like 60% of the conversation by saying craft in the sky, doing things we don't know, went over who's flying them. Oh my God, they're doing some cool stuff. Maybe we can do something with that, right? And the reason for this, I feel, is that they wanted people to believe that there's something in the sky. We don't know what it is. We're going to find out what it is, and we're going to make technology now. But what they didn't tell us is most of those things in the sky is our stuff, are our stuff, right? We, was already reverse engineered, and they've been doing it for decades. So the best way to disclose what they have, because it's going to come out anyway, is to say we found it now rather than we found it 80 years ago and we've been lying to you for 80 years and actually we're hundreds of years more in advance than technologically than what we're showing you guys. And um, so it, that was one of the reasons just to be like, oh, we're not lying to you. This is just something that's a new phenomena. And then all of a sudden David Grush comes out and blows the lid of that and says, well, actually all the stuff that they've been telling you the last 10 years is complete BS because they've actually been doing this for 80 years. Yeah, and he comes out, not only does he come out just in a hearing, but I think that you said millions and millions and millions of people have seen that hearing. Like I yeah. saw it, it was all over YouTube and um, other platforms, Rumble and Odyssey and all those platforms, and I saw the hearing, the whole hearing was someone uploaded like 10, 11 hours of the thing, and I'm like, Mikey. Yeah. yeah, so like, yeah, he's come out because this stuff does come out spasmodically on mainstream yeah. news programs and people go, oh, isn't that fascinating? And then they just go back to their lives. Like, oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like it didn't happen. You know, 60 Minutes yeah. will do something or some, you know, morning program will do something and people go, oh, that's interesting. Like what's his name? Right. David Icke's been down under. He's been on morning breakfast television here in Australia and people all love to laugh at him for being crazy and stuff like that. But this is a totally different conversation right now. This is a it is, yeah. Right. I and do. you know, it's so interesting because people are I you know, lack of a better way to explain it, there's a lot of there's people are very docile, you uh -huh. know, when it comes to all this stuff. Cause it just comes and goes. And yeah, the fact that not enough people look at this and are like, what does this mean for humanity? 
Right. What well, does it mean for what we think we know? Well, what do you think it means for humanity and why? Two questions. And why have they spent 70, 80 years, you said 30s, covering it yeah. up? So the first UFO crash that they have documented is 1894, which was a crash in Aurora, Texas, which was also a conspiracy theory in our world and completely in the fringe. And David Grush spoke about it. Tim Brushett, the um, senator behind this whole thing, spoke about it in Congress. That they there was a crash in Aurora, Texas, and there was a newspaper article about burying ET bodies over there, right? So this has been a phenomenon that's been going on forever. And many people, there's a split within the community of disclosure when it comes to the government officials. Those that are not even talking about the fact that there's not a threat because they think it's a threat, but they're not looking at the history of it. And then there are those that are saying, well, evidence suggests that they've been here, if they've been here since the 30s, that's when we had the technology to be in, in, in air so that we could see them. Um, they've been here for thousands of years. And a Wisconsin senator said that we are speculating that they're either us from the future or a very ancient civilization that's been here before we were. This is where the conversation is going now. Um, you never would have thought you would have seen these Congress people, these regular pe people that that we see all the time talking divided over all types of topics, asking the questions that they're asking. Okay, one congressperson asked, how are they manifesting in this reality based on something along those lines? David Grush said that there seem to be holographic projections of higher consciousness. And he goes, I can't really tell you uh, what that means in, in right here, right now, but basically it's some um, theoretical physics but these, this is our best estimate of what is actually going on. So holographic universe, projections of higher consciousness into lower dimensional realities. Um, why don't you call them extraterrestrials? Someone asked him. Well, the evidence suggests that they're interdimensional. Mm -hmm. And extraterrestrial is a limiting term. Okay, So... These concepts that are very spiritually quantum physics, metaphysics concepts are now coming into reality. So why have they been lying to us since the, since the inception, since the the, fun, um, the first discovery? Well, there's many reasons. They, I would say that one is for sure control, right? Control and power. And, um, and then there's also maybe some more nefarious reasons of the fact that that the different types of systems that could be readdressed in the world could completely crumble the society as we have it and structure reality to realize our sovereignty and have us understand who we truly are. Because I feel there are some individuals, entities, whatever, that benefits for the fact that we don't know who we truly are and we're just trying to wing it and figure it out, that we have amnesia. These beings, first of all, how are they getting here, okay? And as Alan Steinfeld likes to say, they're not using gas-powered engines, right? Petrol, <laughs> yeah. right? They're not using that. And then um, what kind of um, energy, electricity are they using? Are they Do they have wires? Do they have a grid that they're pulling from? Are they generating it sustainably without any waste, right? What, what do they know about healthcare and medical and alignment and frequency and not being sick? Well, you know, we've been in the spiritual realm of this stuff for a while, so we already know, like, that is, like, 
from the click of a finger, from a set of an intention, you yep. can heal sickness and disease. Absolutely. And, then, and I've done it. And then like we that. Can, exactly. And that's the vibration that we could eventually be at when we have all are in the know. And then the ultimate one is organized religion, one of the biggest chokeholds on the planet, right? What do these beings that are projections of higher consciousness, one step closer to source, have in their awareness about who we are and our connection to the universe and them and will that change society so these are things that they might be speculating on but they're not speculating because david brush has now let us know that they're in communication with these beings they're dissected different bodies they're not like oh these things are out there they're interacting with these beings mm -hmm. they're getting information from them about this stuff and i feel there's a fear that if they tell everybody all of this that the power structure as we know it will have to shift. Hallelujah. Thank God it needs to shift. It totally yeah. needs to shift. It is right now. Like this totally. is huge. Yeah, this is huge. It's so, yeah, it's huge. You know, I had, um, I think I might've told you about her, Susie Hansen on the show a couple of times. So she's a New Zealander. She's in her sixties now. And she was up on the ships when she was a kid. So it's a while ago, 50 odd years ago. And they were sharing all this information with her. And one of the things they shared with her was technology. And they said that they were drip feeding technology to humanity to use and a lot of technology for our medical systems. So uh, one of the technologies yes. that's just come, she she posted on her Facebook the other day that we were discussing it a few years ago was a X-ray, a handheld X-ray machine. It's like the size of a brush square that you can put over the body and not only can you see the bones, but you can switch it and you can see the, the lymph and then you can switch it and you can see the blood, then you can switch it, switch it. So you can sort of switch it and see different components inside, inside the body. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I attended one of her talks here in Sydney uh, with the UAP group. And uh, I asked her the question, like, if, if I 30 years ago, 20 odd years ago, was taught how to x-ray vision inside somebody's body so I can actually look inside somebody's body with my consciousness, right. why are the extraterrestrials sort of giving us this technology that's like a, you know, why aren't they teaching us about consciousness, how to look inside people's bodies with our consciousness? And mm. she said, yeah, but not everyone can get up to speed with that. And they said they don't use this technology. They can look inside people's bodies with their consciousness, but yeah. they're giving it to humanity because it's like you've got to come one step at a time collectively into, yeah. into like you said, we can heal at we can change our vibe and heal. But yeah. most of humanity don't get that. So it's like baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. And a lot of this technology is reverse engineered from um, on our end, so rather than given, some of this technology is reverse engineered, so we're not able to even and reverse engineer fully the extent of what it's able to do. Right. We only figure out a fraction. And as um, other people like Robert Bigelow and others have alluded to, that we have been gifted technology too. Now, I forget what I read um, in the last few two months from some sort of whistleblower saying that much of our technology on this planet has actually come from reverse engineering craft. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. They've been giving us technology for years, but yeah. secretly. And so this latest disclosure is bringing to the light that yeah. they can bring us technology that will totally transform this world. Like I get very upset about the pollution. Like I think about when I go to the supermarket, all the plastic that I buy, 
and plastic is not biodegradable and so it sort of hangs around for a couple of thousand years and then I sort of see rows and rows and rows of product with plastic multiply that by every supermarket in the world and that changes every and then I think about all that plastic going and it freaks me out like it just freaks me out and our you know we do a lot of recycling in here in Australia but we can't keep up with the recycling so it freaks me out but the galactics have said to me we have the technology to clean up your pollution like that like just like that and I'm like that makes me feel better but I feel um, that. that but they did say We'll give you that when you take responsibility for what you're doing to the earth. And until you take that responsibility collectively, we're not going to give you that, you know, because you've got to like, you've got to take responsibility as a human race. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. So that's, that's part of their plan that, you know, like children, (laughs) it's like a child, right? It's like, I can help you, but if you learn to do it yourself and take responsibility, then that's going to be better for you. Yeah. So. Exactly. Yeah, I feel we're we're getting to a level where we're having rude awakenings, um, all quite often. You know that more and more people are waking up, and we're taking responsibility. And most people want the same thing. You know, they want the planet to be thriving, doing well. There's very few people that don't. But then at the same time, we're also so consumed in this consumeristic life but we need to be so productive we need to survive that we don't a lot of us don't have time to think about um our environment and what's going on around us because we're too focused on making sure that we're okay and our loved ones are okay mm-hmm. and that's also part of the game as well yeah. i mean just, just look around you at, at this moment like besides all the plastic in the store how much plastic is just in front of your face right we even have it in our glasses unless you got full metal Glasses, <laughs> you know, <laughs> even, even the metal glasses have plastic inserts. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's just like we're so inundated into this reality and we're so incepted into this world because that's how these corrupt programs and organizations do. They make it that you cannot rely on anything without it. They make you so used to it, so comfortable with it, that if you were to break free from it, you would have to go into a level of discomfort for in your relative existence. Yeah. discomfort for a while to move into something else right so what's happening now with this whole with disclosure is we're just taking another stepping stone towards a collective awareness that we're not alone you know so, something i shared at my at the glassmere conference in the beginning was that within two to three years we're going to be in a world where every child that's born is going to be born into a world where they at least know that it's now known we're not alone yeah. Right? Whether we're having interaction, communication, or any of that stuff, or this is disclosed, doesn't matter. But the foundation has been set. The new foundation has been set. This exists. They're out there. We don't know what it is. Probably extraterrestrial, senators, congresspeople, all over are seeing it. History Channel is now doing military files um, series on all the militaries in the world about all the UFO stuff, the Japanese UFO program, the um, Chilean UFO program, realizing it's not just isolated to the US, right? That they've all known about this. Chile started their UFO program in 1997 and have been meticulously researching all of the sightings without any reservations publicly since 1997. 1987 or 1897? 1997. 1997. Yeah, so they've been, you know, really looking at, so all this information is out there, all this data is out there, and they've just not wanted to say, speak about the elephant in the room, 
Yeah. Who's driving these things? You know, That's I the think thing. that now the cat's out of the bag, so to speak. I think the acceleration, <laughs> I think the acceleration is going to be exponential, honestly. It like we've yeah, had this, too. we've had this 80, 100 years of like, you know, drip fed, nothing, the odd show on television and nobody pays attention. And yeah, yeah. now it's just gonna it just accelerate. You know, there's a lot going on in Australia. I asked my galactic mm-hmm. mob about it and um and they said to me there was a lot going on because because it's been covert. And they don't know what people know about it. Think of Australia. Australia is this massive land, massive, almost the size of mainland, you know, Northern America, USA, and like 26, 28 million people on this massive. So there's a lot of space here. And so it's a great place to hide stuff, right? It's a great place to hide stuff. And they said there's heaps going on in the deserts in Australia underground. and, And I said, oh, cool. Yeah. So there's a lot going on down here. As far as yeah, that makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. And I've been, I've been watching some news shows in Australia, and they do pretty good coverage when it comes to UFOs. Yeah, well, and there's even, um, even about the US programs in Australia. Well, there's that guy. What's his name? Me and names. Who was a sixty minutes? Because sixty minutes was your classic. Oh, well, Russ wasn't Russ. Russ Col- Colcar. Russ Colcar. So sixty yeah, minutes is the your one classic. That's He's the Aussie, yeah, he, he, and he's getting the word out. And that makes me very proud because 60 Minutes is that sort of show that loves to make you crazy for this sort of stuff, that yeah, likes yeah, to, exactly. you know, like mainstream media, 60 Minutes. But Ross, who's, I don't think he's at, um, working for 60 Minutes anymore, but he was known, he became famous down under as a 60 yeah. Minutes reporter. So it gave him that cred, you know, he got the cred. <laughs> and then he's brought out all these incredible documentaries exposing this stuff and going way beyond the conversation that they had at the Congress about, yes, yes. you know, the conversation that we're having now, Ross Coulter, mainstream yeah. uh, reporter, is having on YouTube and he's getting a lot of attention, a lot of mm-hmm. attention. It's incredible what's happening. I know, right? So I'd love to shift the conversation to talking about discernment and um, and agendas here, right, okay. when it comes to All right, so when this came out, a lot of, let's say, the normal crowd, the people that aren't in the know, they were very interested in this for the most part and been like, what? Are you serious? Some credible, you know, these are the type of people that only go based on what authorities and media tell them. And authority and media is telling them, hey, this guy could be credible, right? So they're looking into it and saying, uh, oh my God, something is genuine here. And then there's people in our world, in our community, and I would say the majority of them feel that it's not credible and that it could be, you know, even though they want to be hopeful, they've been jaded and they've been hurt so often waiting for things to happen that they don't have any trust in anything anymore and believe that this is also controlled opposition, controlled agenda being pushed out. So to those, to to the whole world, really, I want to say that this, what we need to notice within this one is something I shared right when we began, is that there is the agenda of, we don't know what these are, we found out what they are. Here we are going to reverse engineer them. Hey, we created this craft two days ago, right? And then there's this agenda, which seems to be actually, that's all a lie. It's been happening for 80 years. And now everybody's saying the government has been lying to us, right? And members of Congress are saying that the DOD, military industrial complex, isn't listening to them and they should have class, classified information to deliver to them. So one of the reasons why I feel this isn't 100% drip disclosure is because if you were one of these um, individuals in these programs that were 
doing some sort of nefarious control agenda, you wouldn't want the mainstream world to be against you thinking that you're a liar. And the narrative coming back at you saying that you've been lying to us, holding this technology forever, releases information. Congress people saying, we need to hold these people accountable, put them on trial. The um, Congress also passing legislation making illegal to use any taxpayer money for black budget programs, right? First of all, you would think that would be the case anyway. However, it wasn't the case because they weren't aware those programs existed. So they were getting away with it legally by taking money um, and losing money. For example, the $1 trillion that got lost the day before 9-11, right? Where did that money go? Black budget programs? And so they made it illegal for them to use that money, but the programs still exist. So now technically they're operating and using money illegally. But what they did was they also passed an another legislation saying that if you are a, a member of any of these programs, you are now granted amnesty and you can come out as a whistleblower and let us know about it and we will protect you because obviously now you're basically being funded and being paid illegally just to do these programs, right? So that's what's going on there. Now, there's another element of this is privatization versus public. The way the military industrial complex, DOD, whoever's behind these real things get away with it is they hand over the technology to private firms that are protected because of their um, proprietary information. They don't have to disclose anything that they're working on technologically because we live in this capitalist society where you got to protect your, your assets and all this stuff, right? So... Um, Russ, Russ also said that he had information that a really large U.S. aerospace company is attempting to get rid of the UFO that they've had since the 40s or 50s, right, because they're afraid of being held criminally accountable. So there's all this frantic in things going on right now. People are freaking out. This They've had this technology for like 60 plus years, and they want to sell it off because they know that I don't maybe the government, the military that gave them the contract isn't going to protect them. They could be held accountable for lying to us for so long, right? That, so I'll stop there and then we'll go to discernment in a second. Yeah. They'll, they'll probably bury it in the desert in Australia. <laughs> I know, right? That's the perfect place. Should <laughs> <laughs> we excavate the desert? Because the guides have said to me, that that, uh, that the desert in Australia, which is massive, like like when you fly over Australia, you just see red, you just see red, red desert. It's amazing. But they said mm -hmm. in, in time to come, like outside my timeline, my life, um, the desert will be re-irrigated and, and at some point in the future, Australia, wow. Australia will be one of the most populated parts of the planet because things are going to shift. And, yeah, so, yeah, they're going to be digging up all these UFOs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they found some in Antarctica, right? Because yeah, that's Antarctica. the whole thing that's been coming out. All the credible, all the uh, fringe information in Antarctica is being now validated yeah. by the mainstream. Right. I yeah. know. It's exciting. Yeah. Well, uh, when Stephen Greer did his um, press conference in D.C. about a week after Grush came out, he had a Raytheon contractor there, and the Raytheon contractor said that the South Pole – acts as a, basically as a way station, as air traffic control for UFOs coming in and out of our atmosphere. That there's some sort of energy emanated from the UFOs when they enter in and out of the atmosphere. And because of the position of the South Pole, that you're able to track this em emission. And by tracking this emission, you can see who's coming in and out, right? Straight up said, the Raytheon contractor. And then he said that there's some sort of device 
that's pulling energy from Antarctica underneath. He doesn't know what the energy source is, but this device is a directed energy weapon device. And he even mentioned which earthquake it was responsible in causing in the U.S. Wow. And he came out and straight up said this. And this has been said by people within our communities that have not been mainstream. But this was a Raytheon contractor there, straight up whistleblower, explaining what he witnessed down in Antarctica. So it seems like, just like a lot of even movies and Stargate, the show had implied that down there in South the South Pole, the reason why many uh, we're not allowed to go visit it freely, but only specific governments have control over it, could actually be connected to the extraterrestrial question. Yeah, what's his name that has the show on Gaia? Uh, tall guy. Oh, God. oh Emery Smith? Emery. He's been saying mm-hmm. that for ages. He said disclosure yeah. will happen because the poles are melting. It'll be all exposed. All the stuff's yeah. going to be exposed from down there. Yeah, down there and up there. But, yeah, specifically down there. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. You know, we're going we're gonna to start. And a lot of this stuff has already been found. And it's going to get to a point where I feel we're going to be shifting very quickly. You know, there was um, a CIA, CIA, ex-CIA official called John Ramirez. So he said right after David Rush came out, that the memo went out that they're landing in 2027 and they better get this stuff together. Wow. Mm-hmm. And that really like gave me goosebumps and I felt it through my body because what is happening is, you know, just like um, the the founder of the Israeli space program, I forget his name now, but he came out in the mainstream a few years ago saying that their galactic alliance exists and they're not ready to, um, interact with earth because we're not basically ready to receive them right mm-hmm. and that's because of power control fear all these different reasons vibratory frequency that we're not able to receive this so what needs to happen is slow um, acceptance in the human consciousness of this reality and what has happened now is we move from what these technology is to who is driving this technology and having interaction with different beings now that will become the norm so we're 2023 we have four years with this already set as our foundation. If we're exponentially increasing from this point of information and downloads of this awareness, imagine where we can be in 2027. So I feel we have like a four-year window period to really kind of inform the masses and shift from the fear state into an acceptance state, into a curiosity state, right? And when we get to that point, it's very, very likely that within the next decade, we could be having communication, interaction in person with different beings. Right. Yeah, you know, I often think about this and I've had many chats to my mob about because, you know, when we talk about extraterrestrial life, it's so diverse and multidimensional. Yeah. There are some beings that could think about the bacteria that, you know, exists on our planet and how other beings don't have that. Like a lot of the greys, which they say are little, like a little AI sort of um uh-huh. what do you call them um sort of fleshy robots what do you call that the the guy the mob said to me that because many extraterrestrial races can't physically be here because of our um bacteria and stuff that they would encounter yeah. and pollution and pollution that they send these little gray guys to come pick you up when they're taking mm. you up to the ships because they're like these little that's interesting know, fleshy robots and um, what do they call it? Um, anyway, there's a name for it. Well, non-biological entities is one of the terms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so not all greys are these fleshy robot things, but uh, but there yeah. there are many of them that that can go onto different planets, not just Earth, and they're not affected by the different bacteria and stuff. That's very that interesting. 
Yeah. 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 So um, what did I want to say to you? You know, there's a group of people. I don't know if you, I'm trying to find him on my website. If you know that are actually, they have millions of dollars and they're building an extraterrestrial um, embassy to meet, to, to welcome the beings that do you, do you know that mob? Yeah. You uh, mean Sylvain? Sylvain. Yeah. Sylvain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm actually, we're doing the, their annual conferences through Portal to Ascension now. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'll just connect with him. Mm-hmm. But you were talking about religion and how the d- disclosure of life throughout the cosmos interacting with Earth, because I think that I asked my brother, who's a total skeptic, do you believe in aliens? And yeah. he said, I believe in aliens. I just don't think they're interacting with Earth because it's too far to come. So he's in the mindset that you've got to get in a petrol engine and, you know, a rocket and fly, <laughs> fly light years to get here. But anyway, I think that might have changed. I'll have to talk to him about it. But so there are people that believe in them. They just don't believe they're interacting with Earth. Uh, That, um, you know, when they do come with their ideas, their consciousness and their technology, you know, it'll Mm -hmm. shift the world like the religion. I was watching something last night, actually. It's an expose on one of the mainstream news here. It's a Korean cult, religious cult, Christian cult, that was recruiting young women, and then the cult leader was sexually harassing them, raping them, basically. And um, he was yeah. in jail for ten years, and then he came out and he kept doing it. And they just, they just worship this man. Like I'm not talking about a few people. I'm talking about hundreds of thousands of people across the planet worship this man, even though he was in jail for, for rape for ten years. And I kept thinking, what is the consciousness of somebody that puts these? religious people on this pedestal right, right. like yeah all this religious thing's got to change people have to understand that god doesn't exist within one person it exists within all of us exactly and that goes into the the ages and the yuga cycles and how we're shifting from the kali yuga to the dwarpa yuga you know the kali yuga was the age of authority and hierarchy and within that age is also the age of delusion so within the age of delusion Um, A few avatars came down that weren't delusional and they had the truth, but humanity is so delusional. We interpreted their information delusionally, (laughs) you know, case in point, look at every religion, every one of those prophets, beautiful, legit, read about Jesus, right. And all this stuff. And then look at what happened afterwards. Right. It's almost like. These gods should have, these prophets should have known what would happen. Right. They should have just let them be (laughs) because like it was so diluted but now we're in the dwarpa yuga the bronze age and that is a symbolization of sovereignty mm-hmm. and we move so we're in the transitionary phase people are going through the growing pains of going from the truth is outside of us because i don't i'm not at the frequency to know it to i am now at the frequency to know it. the truth is inside of me but everything in me tries to feel that it's outside of me because that's where i've been for thousands of years you know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we need to get used to this new reality and um, step into our intuition, listen to ourselves about the, also the external reality keeps telling us not to do that, right? Yeah. To Even when it comes to the pharmaceutical existence, for example, we have the ability to heal ourselves within. Mm-hmm. We have the ability to balance our nervous system through breath work, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of having to take anxiety pills. But we've just been marketed that everything is outside of us so much but that system is crumbling. And a part of that crumbling is also the disclosure of the fact that we're not alone in the universe. There's going to be a lot of things that are going to change. And to so many people, it may look chaotic, 
it may look kind of scary because everything you think you know is going to completely fall. Yeah. But it's all about perception at this point, right? You and I, we already have the perception of this is going to possibly happen, but we understand that there's something greater out there. And through that perception, you can mitigate having to fall into fear about what's going to happen. Because the only thing that really matters for a human, we can eat, sleep, drink water, and some of us, depending where you're located on the planet, need a roof over our head. You know what I'm saying? So ultimately, we'll still have all of those. But bank accounts may no longer exist. Who knows what's going to happen, right? Yeah. So there may be a transitory phase to get to this other reality. And on some level, it might be good that we're doing this slowly rather than a huge influx. Yeah. There's going to be a huge influx soon. You know, I had a girl on the show a few years back who had an experience uh, where she was transported to a alternative Earth, another timeline of Earth, a parallel reality of Earth. And mm. in that parallel reality of Earth, I mean, you could say it was a dream, but she said it wasn't a dream. She said that she was transported there. Anyway, believe her or not, in that reality of Earth, in the 50s, when they said that it was a weather balloon or in the 40s when, you know, when that the the... <laughs> Roswell Roswell. incident was happening it came out in the public in that timeline in that parallel reality and then so disclosure happened in the 50s basically and then so in the 2000s when it was whenever it was 2018 um, when she experienced this parallel reality she walked outside and saw this amazing place like everything was so modern and efficient and like so they had reverse technology a reversed, what do you call it? The technology from engineered and integrated it into society. And she said that money didn't exist either. Everything was free. You could, you know, like get on a train or a transport thing. And uh, yeah, and there there wasn't shops. But yeah, she described it. And I just remembered sort of visualizing it and thinking, wow, imagine, yeah, when disclosure happens, what happens to our society? It was a conversation about that that I had with her back in 2018, mm. or I think it was. But, yeah, like in amaz- amazing, in a few short years, what what will, will society look like? Right. Yeah, but exactly. all the systems, all the systems, the health system, money system, transport system, yeah. education system. Education, yeah religious consciousness system like i've had a dream for a long time neil to see universities teaching consciousness so they yeah. have the they have the massive churches doing this teaching religion yeah. like why isn't there a massive universities teaching us about consciousness about right yeah. exactly I yeah guess, so mm-hmm. go ahead, go ahead sure. i was gonna say portal to ascension is that is that university right and that's why we're going to become more mainstream these people doing this stuff will be we're creating the institutions for the new world and right now we're small little hubs but then pretty soon we're going to have full-on centers entire villages you know and my my whole thing is i want to create communities i want to go around the world and create communities that ascension communities where we create we even have contact centers over there doing meditations communicating with different beings bringing down different awareness educating ourselves in a way that realize our limitless potential rather than educating us in a way realizing that we're limited that is what the education system has been so far so not only would all this stuff comes out it's going to create an exponential leap but what will happen when we start educating ourselves with the correct information 
right? The default setting of the human will be something that is beyond anything. Instead of this contraction, contracting, you know, just keep your head down and do your thing kind of reality, we can all really be leaders and start um, tapping into all the innovation that is out there and exploring it. So it's it's very interesting. It's the rubber band effect. Uh, have you heard of that before? The, Bashar was talking about the rubber band effect. Um, and Bashar channeled, channeled being from um, Daryl Anka, yeah. says that the way the consciousness in this duality world works is that you pull back the rubber band into a complete duality in the darkness, right? And then when we're ready to ascend, you let the rubber band go and it just flings <laughs> into the light, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we're destined to do. We've had this experience of this darkness and we've had this we've had this contrast that we needed to fully embrace what it means to be in the darkness. And by learning these lessons successively, accomplishing the learning lessons within this we are now able to embody the polar opposite in the light and i feel that is where we're heading there might be a lot of darkness on this planet still but that doesn't mean that we aren't experiencing it we are experiencing that darkness but as that gets to a close we're then able to bring that equal amount of light onto this earth and able to live in a more expansive way and ultimately even be what I feel is our destiny is be the extraterrestrials to other planets and start venturing out and visiting other worlds. Yeah, I know. How cool would that be? I've read a lot of books, amazing experiences. There's a book called Beyond the Light Barrier that was written by a South African woman who died in the 90s, in her 80s. And she was taken to a um, planet in the Alpha Centauri system and um, looked at the way they lived and everything. And she had a baby. Anyway, so people have had conversations with highly evolved races. And you've heard about, you know, the Taiwan prophecy. Samuel Chong's been spreading the information about that. Mm-hmm. A ninth category planet. But they, when you ask these beings, if they're not, if they're not overcoming struggle, like what are, what are you doing as a society if you're not sort of struggling to overcome the problems that we, we create? They said, well, we go to other planets and mm. we help other people overcome their problems. And, and I thought, wow, because you create this utopian society. We're a long way off yeah. from that. But eventually as we evolve then and become a space race society, then we'll solve our own problems and then we'll reach out to the cosmos to help other planets that are going through what we've been through on, on Earth. Yes. Uh, their problems, yeah. Anyway, that's that's getting way down the track. <laughs> so did you finish what you wanted to say about integrity? Even though you might be saying that's down the line, but I feel that's what we're doing right now, setting the foundation for that world, that this is this is the, the milestone. This is the milestone. This is the turning point that we create on humanities, in humanity's world that is going to eventually lead us to going to other planets and helping other planets liberate themselves as well yeah i feel that we're getting a few glitches happening i think it's they're telling us it's time to wrap up but is there anything else you wanted to discuss this is a fascinating conversation uh yeah it's exciting times the rubber band effect yeah that's what we're in at the moment we're in that rubber band effect i feel like it's just going to go You know, I, I, my daughter does a lot of amazing things and she had a, a film crew filming her for a, um, a news piece because um, she kind of does free diving and she was bitten by a shark and all of that. And these two young guys came to Sydney to film her mm-hmm. and they came from the mainstream news 
place and I was quizzing them about you know what what they had been going through and basically they went to the his uncle's farm and did an ayahuasca ceremony and saw the the, the expansiveness of the universe and they had to quit mainstream news because they realized they were just perpetuating fear and they couldn't do that anymore so I started talking to them about aliens wow. and Annika was saying stop telling people about aliens mum and then the guy asked me why do you talk about aliens so much <laughs> Because Annika's like, Mom never shuts up about the aliens. And I said, because in your lifetime, you it's going to become your reality that we're going to be, you know. And they both, these two young guys, they go, wow, yeah. And they started contemplating it. It was, re- it was really cool huh. to have that conversation yeah. with them. Yeah. That's beautiful. Really cool. Is there anything else you want to share with people before we go about this topic or what's going on with Portal to Ascension? Yes. I feel that. Um, just to close off the discernment thing real quick, that when we look at what's going on with disclosure, it's really important not to throw the baby out with the bathwater and be so jaded that we're not looking at what is actually occurring and as if that it doesn't isn't relevant to us. So there are definitely conflicting agendas going on here. There's also agendas in regards to these things are a threat. And then there are those that are saying, well, if there were a threat, why would they have not done something beforehand, right? Exactly. And within, yeah, and then within the threat community, they're not all bad people, even though that's even a relative term because I don't really feel anybody's bad. We're all just, we all got our wounds, you know? Like, um, there's those that saying it's a threat because they want you to be fearful so they can maintain control over a thing that they know exists. And then, then there are those that are ex-military officials, um, people that are intelligence officers, that are regular people that just happen to work in this militarized reality that their bottom line is national security of their country. So they're just regular people just happen to have those jobs that are saying that it could be a threat because why? Are they, where are they seeing most of these craft? Most of these craft are showing up at nuclear bases, right? That's where, and then why are the military have most of the sightings? Because it's showing up at military bases. As a regular person at a military base what would you think is going on if it's something that is anomalous invading your airspace it's a threat so just realize there's those two agendas they have been here for a while they're not doing anything there's a threat and then within the threat there's two agendas there there's the actual nefarious ones and those that are just genuine people kind of concerned for the well-being of everybody so don't I would say personally, don't go to these people with judgment, but look at the bigger picture of where they're coming from, why they're saying all this information. And um, and when this information comes out, realize that there is a warring agenda for the truth to be disclosed. Yeah. And we have now created a new foundation where this information is that ETs exist. We're not alone in the universe. And the more and more people that understand this, whether there's an agenda or not, will set the intention and the conscience of humanity to have that as the default. When we can all accept we're not alone in the universe, we continue working through our traumas, that is how we eventually get to a world where we can have open disclosure with these beings. So I would say just keep sharing this with everybody and and you know share this with people that maybe don't have the time to even realize that there's been a hearing on the fact that there's non-human crash retrievals in the US because the more people that are aware of this, the more we set that as a default. So that's kind of all I want to share today. Yeah. Somebody rang me about Stephen Greer saying that he'd been infiltrated because, you know, he made that um, 
documentary about the false flag of once disclosure happens, then the military are going to say there's a threat and then the next PSYOP will be the alien invasion, right? But he made a whole documentary about it. But if you understand consciousness and you understand that what you focus on, you create, what you think about, you create, what you look at, you create, then somebody like Stephen Greer, who's supposedly a conscious being, he, you know, he raised millions of dollars to make a documentary all about this threat, this threat and I'm thinking he's actually creating it with his focus Mm. and making a documentary about it so interesting interesting. yeah because you know everybody talks about the fake alien invasion you know alien invasion and and, and, um you know I've worked with Greer and I I like I really appreciated all the work he's done but when I look at where did they even get this information from it was something that he shared once and then talked about many times and now people just parroting that same information over. But even Greer has gone back now and said that they actually failed, that invasion has failed, but now, but it's just been out in the masses. And because of the distrust in government, people automatically go to, this isn't real. There's no real ET crap. They're not doing this stuff. ETs exist, but this isn't it. It's about a fake alien invasion. Yeah. I, don't, I don't feel they can pull it off. No. Personally. <laughs> no, there were some great memes that went around during during 2020 about that. There was one that I was just laughing. I can't remember what it was. God, it was funny. It was some people, it was taken out of um, a, a movie of people in military uniform saying, well, this has failed. Roll out the fake alien invasion. Yeah. <laughs> it was anyway. But, you know, my, my brother works in the military. I've got two brothers in the military. One works as a contractor. One is works in the army as intelligence so he's a light worker he's amazing he's not fully awake and conscious he's going through some challenges at the moment but in his 30s maybe he was in his 20s he sat down and he said to me he wanted to change the world and he's looked around and the way he's going to change the world is to go into intelligence and go into warring countries and create peace that was his mindset I totally understood it wouldn't be my way of creating peace my way of creating peace is teaching people about consciousness But so he's been in the military for 18 years in intelligence and I've asked him about this topic and as far as he's concerned that there's been no discussion in 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 the intelligence that he said I thought that was really interesting yeah because he he would tell me if even though it's sort of covert you're not supposed to talk about it it's it's compartmentalized too they've done Mm -hmm. such a good job compartmentalizing things that even people that are in the programs helping reverse engineer crap aren't even aware that ETs exist. Right. Because you know, one part of it all. Just like the nuclear bomb. That's what happened with that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I haven't seen him since the um, Congress thing came out. Well maybe I have, but I'll have a discussion about yeah, yeah. that. Uh yeah, because he still he still works for the army and in intelligence here in Australia. So yeah, right. it's gonna be interesting. Darn one, seen, it's been I've also noticed let me just say one thing. I've also yeah. noticed that a lot of people, they um have given top level clearance. So when they find out that there's something else that could be even more on top of their level clearance, they're not willing to accept it because they have the belief that they know everything yeah. that they should. I know. And they do this very well. <laughs> yeah. But the whole hierarchy thing has to crumble too. I mean, the hierarchy is so 3D, you know, that there is somebody better than you, better than you, better than you, knows more than you, knows more than you. Like if we're all God, then we all have access. Every person on the planet, everyone has access to 
anything if they just open their mind. They can right. remote so, view. I mean, imagine when remote viewing becomes the norm. There are no secrets, right? Telepathy becomes the norm. There's no secrets. Yeah. There's, there's no covert operations anymore. There's just there's no secrets when everyone no. expands their mind and realizes that we can all telepathically communicate and remote remote mm -hmm. view if we want to. Yeah. yeah. It's exciting times. What I think about is all the people that have gone before the old men. There are a few that names escape me that have been disclosing this for years but have died before before now before what's happening now mm -hmm. i mean they're watching from another dimension but in their lifetime they worked for 50 60 years getting this yeah. message out and then left their bodies before any big things sort of happened in the mainstream right. yeah exactly they laid the foundation dolores cannon's one of them for sure yeah what do they say they planted seeds for trees uh under which sit they would never sit under the tree to have the shade of the tree or something mm -hmm. like that. how does that how yeah. does that saying go you know it sounds like moses in the promised land <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like but exciting times so one exciting times yeah, yeah. Do, so do you want to share what are you doing in the uk with portal to ascension you're going okay. to egypt you said in september yeah, yeah. So we did the Glastonbury conference and we got that going on next year, September 26th as well. We have a usually scheduled programming on online, portaltoascension.org. We launched a new website, so lots of new content on there. Uh, very amazing, robust um, kind of Netflix style viewing for thousands of hours of footage. And um, we're going to Egypt. Yeah, we're taking two tours of 100 people each to Egypt in September. And then I just go full um, Android and iPhone and um, Roku app creation because we're going to create apps for our website. So if anybody wants to stay tuned with what we're doing and just follow all the events, we do over 100 events a year. You can go to portal2ascension.org and sign up there. And you also, for everybody who signs up, you get around 3,000 hours of free presentations on our website as well, like on lots of different content. So go ahead and check it out and explore our website. Fabulous. Thank you so much, Neil. It's been, you, great. it's been great to connect with you. It was a fun, fascinating conversation. I could talk about this stuff all day. Fascinating. We'll we'll do it again. We'll get a bit of a gang together. And uh, Sheila and I talked about last year, we didn't get it together, getting the guys, the galactic guys together to have this conversation. Uh -huh. uh, and, we did, and we didn't get it together. We did the galactic girls, the galactic goddesses last year, but we didn't yeah, remember that one. We didn't do the galactic gods. We just never got that together. And now she's Ooh. so busy with conscious awareness. That sounds good, but it's still on the it's still on the pipeline to get the to get you guys to get us to talk about oh, yeah. this in a, in a collective. Uh, tell me what you think, people listening to this. Is that something that you'd like to participate in? We could do a live, and you can ask questions. Thanks again, Neil. My pleasure, Karen. Thank you. That was a fun conversation. I really enjoyed that. Neil is just such a wealth of knowledge, as you can imagine, dealing with so many people, putting on so many events, and hearing people speak about this stuff. Uh, yeah, he's a he's a wealth of not. I mean, he's he was an avid researcher before he even put on any events. He's just he's like me. He's got this incredible curious mind. Wants to know about everything and everyone. I'm like that too. I want to know about everything and everyone. I like. I just like to just like to know what's going on on this planet. What are people thinking? What are they talking about? What's happening? What's being disclosed? What's not being disclosed? As I've said many times on the show and uh, it, during our groups, you know, the light is being turned up on planet Earth and as it does, it reveals. When you turn up the light, you reveal stuff. Not only do you reveal the dirt, like the darkness, 
or the stuff that needs to be cleaned up, but you reveal all the secrets, all the secrets that have been hidden. And uh, it's been a long time coming, hasn't it? What did he say? Well, I suppose the ancients, like the ancient Egyptians and going back 20,000, 30,000, like into civilizations before supposedly civilizations existed on this planet, were walking amongst the extraterrestrials. They were living, they were cohabiting together. So in our past, we have this history of of being with them. And at some point during the uh, building of the false matrix, as were Sheila and I are going to talk about in her group in October, she's going to talk about the false matrix during Cosmic Conversations, if you want to join us, the building of the false matrix, the dumbing down of humanity, the forgetting, the the fact that we are alone in the universe or not alone in the universe was forgotten. And then there was this collective thought form perpetuated that if you did believe in alien life, you were completely crazy. You were completely crazy, which is still perpetuated. It amazes me. It amazes me. People mention the word aliens and people start giggling straight away like, oh, aliens, yeah, right. right you're talking about aliens are you crazy like what's wrong with you are you mad personally my whole life I've thought that if you didn't believe in aliens you were mad because look up I mean how could you think that there was no life out there that to me is insanity that is madness to think that we're alone that's just madness it never made sense to me even as a kid yeah fun 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 that was fun what do you think about all this I wanted to say, yeah, if you, I don't know, there's a stack of channels that um, are doing the Congress. I was just listening. I was telling Neil that I was listening to Portal to Ascension. I was listening to Alan and JJ and Desiree Hurtak and Zekka Caro and Joan Evangels. Anyway, they put up a uh, thing on Portal to Ascension. When the Congress thing had disclosure, house overnight hearing for UAPs, went live and they they streamed it live so it is it's a three hour three and a quarter hour thing on portal to ascension alan and the mob talking about it and then they stream the thing but there i did see on um i did see on youtube that there is a 10 hour one but if you just put it into google or youtube you'll see it there you'll see it there somewhere if you want to watch it it's it's good to actually listen to what these people are saying what they're revealing it's good to know because if you do have conversations with your family or your friends that tell you that you're crazy you can refer to this conversation well apparently i'm not crazy because congress in the u.s is talking about it and uh, the mainstream news is talking about it so by doing that we are we are breaking down that false matrix that says that if you talk about this stuff, you're crazy. <laughs> the cat's desperate to get on me. I think I need to go and feed the cat. So much fun, so much fun, so much fun. All right. So who's coming up in the inner sanctum? Ha <laughs> ha. Don Hudnall's coming up. I don't know if you you caught Sheila in the inner sanctum last weekend. That was fun. She was talking all about her walking experience and a few different things. She did She did mention the false matrix and she said to me, I'd love to have a, a whole session on the false matrix and talk about how the false matrix, that we actually live in a 5D reality, but then there was a false matrix created that created the third D reality. 
And I said, that'd be a great conversation. Let's do that on Cosmic Conversations because I'm co-hosting in October with Sheila. So on the first um, Monday in the US, Tuesday morning, it's a very decent time. It's like 11 a.m. on a Tuesday morning here, which is 7 p.m. Mountain Time in the States on a Monday night. Uh, Sheila's going to talk about the false matrix. And then I've got a few guests coming on Cosmic Conversations, people that I've met on the show this year that have rocked my world. I've just loved them, just loved them, loved them. A couple of Aussies. So that's coming up in October. But Don Hardnall, who I met through Sheila in Cosmic Conversations, he's been on the show. Check him out. He's coming into the Inner Sanctum as our guest next month. He sent me an email about what he wanted to talk about. Oh, my God, this man has so much to talk about. He's had so many experiences. He is he's amazing. He's just he's such a humble, humble man. He's got a big shoot and I think he started uploading to YouTube last year, channel called oh, It's Just Me, It's Only Me or something like that. It's Just Me, I think it's called. And then he just chats about his day, just chats and rambles. But he has got some amazing experiences. So we're going to quiz Don. He's normally part of the participants and he doesn't say much. But, you know, he has memories of pre-birth memories of planning to be here and he takes on dark energy and transmutes it by just squeezing it with love. And this is stuff we talked about on the show. But in the email, he said, oh, I'd like to talk about this and this and this and this and this. And I looked at it and I thought, whoa, you know, because he's just got so much to talk about. He has written a book. Here his bit shoot is called, well, it's actually bit shoot Don, Don Hudnall, H-U-D-N-A-L-L, just me. If you want to meet him and quiz him and hear his story on Zoom rather than just just watching the live, we'll do some of it live. But after every live, I turn off the live streaming. I'm not recording uh, and we just chat and it's not being recorded and people can say whatever they want to say. We just chat, 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 chat. It's really cool. So join us in the inner sanctum. We've got to go feed the cat. You're desperate for food, aren't you? Meowing at me all day. How do you stop a cat meowing at you all day? I don't think he's hungry. Maybe he's got worms. Anyway, that was so much fun. Let me know your thoughts. I'd love to hear what you think about all this, how you think that disclosure is going to change our world and how's it going to change your life? How's it going to change your relationships and how's it going to change the money system? That's what I want to see changed. Anyway, how is it going to change I don't know how long I'm going to live, but if I live another 20, 30 years, life's going to be very different in 20, 30 years, the rubber band effect. Check out the book, Awakened by Death, if you haven't already, and I will catch you next time. Thanks again for listening and watching, subscribing, liking, sending your comment, and sharing the shows. Big love to you all. Bye for now.